So let's do this. Let's stand. Let's open our Bibles to Mark. If you got a Bible on your phone, open it to Mark. If you, if you brought a real Bible, congratulations. Open it to Mark. If you, if you didn't, it'll be up on the screen. We're going to start, obviously, in verse 13. And I'm just going to read the story first so we can sit back down. <laughs> verse 13, people were bringing the little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. But the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child, like a little child, will never enter it. And then he took the children in his arms and he placed his hands on them and he blessed them. How many are glad for a children's ministry where that's happening right now? Yeah. Kids are being loved every week. That's the heart of God. And he says it's important to receive like a child, to receive the kingdom like a child. It's going to be important today. Verse 17, as Jesus started on his way, a man, as a matter of fact, the Matthew translation of this actually calls this man the rich young ruler. So it's a young man. So I identify with this story today. A man ran, ran up to him, fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked. Remember, he had just said this about these kids, and he stood up to go to leave, and this guy ran up to him. He says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Can I just say careful about bragging about all you've done in the presence of the one who knows the thing you lack. Jesus says, he looked at him and loved him. That's important. He loved him. And he says, one thing you lack. He said, go and sell everything you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me at this. If you've got a highlighter or a marker or you can circle it with your finger or if you just want to make a mental note, these words at this is going to be, is going to be important. At this, at this, at this. At this, the man's face fell, and he went away sad because he had great wealth. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you that it is good, that it has a purpose, that it is, it is your way to change our lives. We, I pray that we would have good ground this morning, God, that you would, you, you, we trust that your Holy Spirit has prepared our hearts to receive what you'd say. I pray that you would anoint me to preach, God that no word of yours will return void or empty. And we thank you for it. And it's in your mighty name we pray. And everybody said, amen and amen. You all can be seated. 
get comfortable. Thank you, Alexi, for your amazing keyboard playing. <laughs> so, I'm going to make an announcement that might shock everybody. This might be news to you. And um, here's, here's, my, here's my, my opening thought, my opening statement, right? Life does not always turn out the way you thought it would. <laughs> Actually, if we're being honest this morning, our realities, our Christmas realities, rarely line up with our expectation of how it would go. Our realities, like this stage of life, we thought would go differently than how it's actually going, if we're being honest. Am I the only one? Okay, I thought maybe I might be. All the 20-somethings in the room are going, they're confused right now. What are you, what are you talking about? I got the perfect plan. I got the perfect plan. This is going to work out just fine. And all the 40 and ups are going, welcome to life, sport. Yeah, and I'm learning that sometimes life doesn't always go as planned. And um, what I love about this story, this text, is that it beautifully illustrates a portion in time where life did not go according to this guy's plans. This young man, consider our text, approaches Jesus in the perfect way. I'm going to get into that in a second. But it says he ran to him and fell at his knees and cried out, good teacher. He was completely confident in his accomplishments. It says that he was a rich young ruler and that he even made the declaration, all these commandments I've kept since I was a boy. And then he gets something totally unexpected in return. The Messiah who he had probably been waiting for since he was a youth and who had probably had made the conclusion that when the Messiah comes, he's going to want a piece of, he's going to want me on his team. And Jesus says, yeah, that, that, that's great. But one thing that you lack, go sell everything that you own and give it to the poor. And it says that he, his, at this, his face fell and he walked away sad. He walked away sad. How frustrating is that? When we don't get what we are expecting. When we approach God with expectations and we don't get, we come to church with expectations and we don't get, we get into a relationship with expectations and we don't get, we, we, work, we find it, we settle into our career and have expectations and we don't get, we don't get what we are expecting. How frustrating is that? I'm learning as a 31-year-old guy that when the unexpected of life happens, I have to be able to adjust well. And as a matter of fact, it's an important ability and skill to have in your life after your adulthood to adjust well, to make adjustments. That's actually the title of my message. You guys want to put it up? It's to make the adjustment. Slap your neighbor, <laughs> nice, and tell them, neighbor, Make the adjustment. Make the adjustment. 
Because I found out in life that when, 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 things, when, when, we, when things do not turn out the way we expect, and 2018 looks so much different than you had pictured it. That we oftentimes have two options in our life. To make the adjustments or to walk away sad. And as we find out from our young friend here, he did not choose to adjust well. It says that his face fell and he walked away sad. But I'm learning that, thank God, just because it didn't go according to my plan, it's not all a part of his. Just because it didn't go according to my plans doesn't mean it's not all a part of his plan. So God showed me some things from this story that, I, that have helped me adjust. And if it's okay with you, I would like to share those things. Is that okay? Thank you. <laughs> it all starts with a little lesson from these kids. Our kids are, can be kind of revealing, can't they? Anybody in the house, your kids just say the right thing at the right time and you go, oh, like I'm all grumpy and I'm mad at mommy and I'm not being very nice and I'm yelling and I'm, uh, and, and my little four-year-old comes up to me and goes, daddy, you can be nice to mommy. <laughs> Perfect timing. Perfect words. We often call her our little angel because Jesus starts off in this weird way about about allowing these children to come to him and he's putting putting them up on his lap and he's blessing them and sending them away and his disciples are getting mad. They're getting getting irritated. They're like trying to send these kids away and Jesus, the Bible says, becomes indignant and uses this moment as a teaching opportunity. He says this uh, in verse 14. He says, Jesus saw this and he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a child We'll never enter it. So I'm learning that to make adjustments in life, we've got to keep a childlike faith, a childlike belief system. Uh, Actually, think about this for a second about how pliable a child's belief system has to be to grow and to learn. Because I have little kids. Anybody else with me? Actually, until you're about two or three years old, you're under the belief and you have the core belief that you are being fed by another human. You are being, your bottom's being changed by another human. You're getting bathed by another human. You're under the belief that everything that you need is being done by another person. Imagine how awkward that would be if you carried that belief system into your adulthood. Well, boss, I'm getting kind of stinky over here. <laughs> I think it's about time we, uh, yeah. And, and, and then when you get a little bit older, you're, you're under the core belief, as I was. I was a bit of a prodigal, a bit of a, a jerk when I was a teenager. I, you kind of believe that your parents are, are like ATM machines and that, 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 that they're your glorified Uber service. And they, they're here for one reason and one reason only, that's to serve your every loving need. Also, a pretty embarrassing thing to take into your adulthood. So what I think Jesus is trying to point out about our lives and, our, and, and the way we need to make adjustments is that it's important to keep a childlike 
belief system, a belief system that's pliable, that can be stretched, that doesn't have to be, you don't have to be set in your ways. You don't have to be old and boring. You don't have to, you don't have to put your foot down and say, this is the way it's going to be for the rest of my life. You don't have to, you don't have to, you don't have, this Christmas doesn't have to be like next Christmas. And it's important to keep a childlike faith. It's an excellent way to start this. And then what we find is Jesus is like, I'm done here. <laughs> this was a good sermon. And he gets up and him and his disciples, they start to leave. And all of a sudden, this young man just comes running up to him. Look, look at the text. It says, as Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And we start to find out this young man had a bit of a belief system himself. That actually in that culture, he would have, at that age, being that successful, having kept that much obedience to the Mosaic law, he would have probably learned how, by now, to approach up-and-coming rabbis, up-and-coming teachers of the law, up-and-coming important people. And he probably believed and had figured out that as long as I do the right things the right way, I could probably get on this guy's good side. So the first thing I believe this morning that we, we need to learn how to adjust, and I'm learning how to adjust, is adjusting my beliefs. Adjusting my beliefs. It was this young man's belief that he could manipulate anybody with the right moves. The right moves would get me anywhere. Think about this demonstration. It was, it was actually uncalled for the way he did it. The Bible says he ran up to Jesus. He's running through little kids. He's falling at his knees. He's probably approached people like this before and gotten status, gotten acceptance, gotten security. And Jesus is about to show this young man that it's going to take more than a good show to get to the kingdom of heaven. It's going to take a lot more than a good show to really make it. So we all have our beliefs. Dear God, do, do I even say that we all have our show? That wasn't in my notes, I'm sorry. <laughs> he, 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 we have our beliefs, I have my beliefs about how life should work. I spent my 20s believing that it should go a certain way, that when I get married, things should happen a certain way, that like, when I have kids, they should be a certain way, and I, I just believed all the way growing up that things should be this way. We all have our beliefs that we're set in now about how life should operate, how holidays should go, how, how, our, how our jobs should go, how, how everything, how, how we interact with people. We have our beliefs. And I want to be a little bit transparent this morning and say that I moved nine times before ninth grade. Anybody else experience this? Hey. Wow, I feel so alone up here. That I grew up a little bit more antsy than your average person. 
Because I was talking to my wife, and even military brats, people, even military people move about, I don't know, once every couple of years or something like that. When I do the math on how many times I've moved, it is literally like once every two years. And so I kind of maybe sort of developed the belief system that I don't really have anything important to say. Because what does it matter what I think, what I believe, what I say? If I say I like it here, we're going to move anyway. If I say I don't like it here, we're going to move there anyway. And I just kind of adopted this, this respectful passivity, closed off, reserved. Some of you are going, oh, this is making sense now, Pastor Adam. And I kind of just decided I don't really have to say a whole lot because what I have to say doesn't matter a whole lot. And I developed a passive nature. (laughs) I'm learning at 31 that God doesn't want me to keep my passive nature. He doesn't want me to be a passive dad and raise passive kids. He doesn't want me to be a passive husband and have a passive marriage. He doesn't want me to be a a, a passive anything. And, And so I'm learning that I made a wrong connection growing up, believing that passivity equals respectfulness. And kudos to the people in this room who can have their belief systems challenged at every age, at every stage, and to have somebody or God's word look at you and confront you and go, that was a bad connection. Passivity does not equal respectfulness. You can respect somebody and disagree and assert yourself. Your feelings matter. It matters where you stand. Actually, people want to know where you stand. Sorry, I'm preaching to myself. (laughs) I believed I didn't have anything important to say, that nobody wanted to hear me, and the young man in our text believed that with the right things to say and the right behaviors, that I will always get what I want. And Jesus changes the direction of the conversation immediately. Let's read verse 18. He says, why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except for God. See, Jesus changes the direction. This isn't going to be about you. This is going to be about God. And he says, and then he he gives the guy like, you know the commandments, you know, Honor your father and mother, you shall not lie, you shall not cheat, you shall not steal, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder. And he goes, in the next verse, he puts up his chest, regains his confidence. Teacher, all these things I have kept since I was a boy, I'm the real deal. I'm, I'm your best choice here. And I'm, it is obvious that he has reached a conclusion about his lifestyle. And I'm learning that after I have wrong beliefs, I now might have wrong conclusions. So the second thing that we are, I'm learning to adjust is my conclusions about life. Adjusting my conclusions. Because now that I've had a wrong belief system, I'm drawing some wrong conclusions. It would have been this young man's conclusion It was a firm Jewish belief based on Old Testament teaching that anyone who kept the law of Moses would live and be blessed. Live and be blessed. He would have heard this since he was a boy. 
He would have, he would have, since the age 13, what the Bible considers the age of adulthood or the age of decision, is he would have, he would have decided for himself to keep everything, keep the law that he had been learning. And the Bible says that he was confident and had concluded that he would live and be blessed based off of his performance. How many of you know that Jesus came to change everything? That it is no longer a performance-based faith. It is no longer anything you can do or say or, 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 or present or put, or put on that will get you into the kingdom of heaven. It is only by faith in Jesus Christ. So I can hear him thinking, I thought, if, I thought that keeping these commandments was all I had to do to get into heaven. I've, been conf- I've conformed to these external behavior modifications my whole life. And, I, and I've been under the, the, the conclusion that if I did that, I would live and be blessed. I thought that you would have to notice me because of my amazingness. <laughs> and I'm starting to realize that we all have our conclusions, don't we? And sometimes if we've got the faulty belief system, we can have faulty conclusions. And our conclusions, what we're finding in this passage, can actually limit the potential in our lives. That if you form the wrong conclusion about who you are and how life should go, you could actually be putting a cap on all that God can do in and through your life. That it's not just changing my beliefs, it's changing my limited beliefs. What am I believing today and concluding today that is actually putting a limit on what God can do through my life? Because I'm 31, I have my conclusions, which are being interrupted, about how life should go, about how raising kids should go. My daughter lovingly calls what I do for a living a a church worker. I want to be like you, Daddy, you're a church worker. And I have my conclusions about how a church worker job should go. Here's what I'm learning. God likes to show us that most of our conclusions are actually conjunctions. Come on, all you English teachers out there, help me out. That a lot of the places in your life where you've already put a period, God would like to put a comma. And you've decided that life is just gonna be this way, and God's saying, yeah, but... You gotta, this man ran up to Jesus, fell at his feet, presented his awesomeness, and, and resolved his conclusions. And God is saying in his boldness, yeah, but. One thing you lack. The Bible is full of people who had to rewrite their conclusions, by the way. As a matter of fact, I think your life will go and be blessed at the speed at which you can make new conclusions. Because I know a guy named Peter who had made a conclusion about his living, being a fisherman. Well, one day, he had to rewrite that conclusion. Because Jesus said, you'll no longer fish for fish, I'm going to make you a fisher of man. And he had his, actually, once he started following Jesus, he had formed a belief system and a conclusion that he would never deny Jesus. And he kind of did. 
So he had to write a new conclusion about how life is going to be now that I've denied Jesus, which I said I would never do, but which, by the way, some of you are suffering under a, a, uh, a pressure of, of you've done something that you, ne- you said you'd never do. And, and you've concluded that life cannot go on. And, and what Peter did, and, and what we can learn from him, is that he actually allowed Christ to rewrite his story and allowed him, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And he said, yes, yes, yes. And he was able to rewrite a new story. And then we have the apostle Paul, which if there was anybody who had to rewrite their conclusions, it would have been him. He had believed and concluded that, um, that Jesus and his followers must be stopped at all costs. And then, for those of you who know the story, he was, he was changed. Actually, let's read about it. Philippians 3, 4 through 9, check this out. This is Paul talking after he wrote his conclusions. He says this, he was, he was just as the young ruler at one point in time in his life. Check this out. Though I myself have reasons for such confidence. This is Paul's new conclusion. If someone thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, rich young ruler, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. But whatever were gains to me now, I consider loss. Uh oh. Comma. Whatever were gains to me now, I consider loss. For the sake of Christ, what is more, I consider everything a loss <laughs> because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. That spoke to me. I have lost all things. Meaning, that day on Damascus Road when I was blinded by the light and I was changed dramatically, I lost all things. I lost all beliefs. I lost all conclusions and put up the next slide. I lost all my attachments. I learned that if you form the wrong beliefs, it will lead you to the wrong conclusions and it will trouble you with the wrong attachments. And you could actually be attached to something this morning that is of absolute no benefit to your life whatsoever. Paul had to rewrite most of his conclusions. Amen? You see how dangerous conclusions can be. You've got to be able to put commas where you've got periods. The only conclusion that you need is that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And that on Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. That is the only conclusion that I need to arrive at. Everything else probably need to stay childlike, probably need to stay pliable, because God is going to want to change it. It's obvious at this point in the story that the young man did not approach Jesus expecting to make adjustments. I wonder how many of us come to church like that every week. Okay, I'm meddling now. 
Why would you come into the presence of God expecting to not make adjustments in your life? (laughs) Do you know how ridiculous that is? Why wouldn't you just anticipate making an adjustment? The rich young ruler did not approach Jesus with the expectation that he would have to adjust anything about himself. And here's what I know. We should come to God expecting to make adjustments. Hello. We should come to church under the amazing preaching of our pastor and anticipate and expect, I'm here today to make an adjustment. Life did not turn out the way I thought it would, and I need an adjustment. I'm not believing right about my circumstances, and I need an adjustment. I've concluded things that are harmful to myself, and I need to make an adjustment. I have attachments that do not benefit me. I need to make an adjustment. So let's read this very last part. This is where the story gets good. Jesus, verse 21, looked at him and loved him. That's encouraging. Because not once did Jesus cut this guy off. Not once did Jesus say, stop all that nonsense and get out of my way. Not once he looked at him and loved him, told him the thing actually that he lacked and gave this young man a chance. That's what's so beautiful about this. He says, one thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Verse 22, at this. Nudge your neighbor, say at this. At this, the man's face fell. God, help me preach this. We all have an at this. Okay, because by now, I've made a case that when life doesn't turn out the way expected, we've got to make adjustments, and the way to do that is, is to maybe go back and be childlike and try to believe something new, try to, try to conclude something new. Um, but now, it gets a little personal. Because I don't know what yours is, but I know what mine is. <laughs> and you don't get to know it today. But we all have an at this. I'm talking about the place in your life where not even God can touch. I'm talking about an an at this place where, where, where you would rather walk away sad than make an adjustment. That you would actually keep your head down and walk away from the life giver sad and unchanged because it's at this It's at this that I cannot receive the blessing. It's at this that I cannot receive eternal life. I want to know, I want you to reflect on this morning, what is your at this? This young man's at this was his wealth. Jesus had absolutely no issues with the young man's wealth. It was his attachment to the wealth that was the problem. 
It was that his wealth was his security. It was his lifeblood. It was where he put his hope, his trust. It is what he believed about, what he concluded about, and what he ultimately attached himself to as the source of his life. And Jesus had no problem with the wealth. He had a problem with the attachment. And it was at that attachment, at this, that the man decided to walk away sad. And I want to know in your life this morning, what are the things that you are continually, habitually walking away sad about? What are the areas? Because we don't just do this all at once. We do this in areas. What is the at this? What is it about your job that you continually don't make an adjustment and you just walk away sad? What is it about your family that you don't make the adjustment and you just continually walk away sad? What is it about your, your marriage and your relationships with other people and, and, your, and your influence that instead of adjusting, you just, all right. I guess it's not for me. What are those areas Could it be for 2019 that this is exactly the thing that you're going to let go of? This is the place where God brings us all. This is the place where the Holy Spirit brings us all to, if we're lucky, because if you realize that life is not turning out the way that I thought it would and that I need, for better or for worse, I need to make an adjustment or, or it's just going to stay like this. When, when we realize that we have to adjust our beliefs, adjust our conclusions, and adjust our attachments, this, this is the ultimate letting go. This is the place that the Holy Spirit brings me continually brings us all continually, is the place of letting go. And I wonder this morning, what is it that you would benefit from letting go of? See, this man was given an opportunity. The one thing you lack, the one place in your life that you're holding on to for dear life, Jesus is saying, just go let go of that and come follow me. Just let go of that and follow me. Yeah, 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 I, I, I know all that you've done. I know all that you've done. But there's one thing that you lack. And this is the complete and utter letting go of our attachments. Can I, what, what are you attached to? What are you attached to this morning? Attached to the way it should have worked out? Uh, attached to how they should be treating you? Attached to how you pictured 2018 would go? How you pictured this stage of your life to be? Attached to that? I guarantee you it's because you have a faulty conclusion and a faulty belief system about who Christ is. Because he is the only attachment that you need. He is the only attachment that you need. Thought that would get a bigger amen.
my challenge, if you guys want to stand, I'm getting ready to close. Inexperienced pastors close early. Say amen. Now listen, this is the part where I, I'm going to keep talking, but I want you to reflect because I think it's time in our lives to make a decision, make an adjustment. You guys can put that final thing back up on the screens so they can look at it. Make the adjustment. Please, and I'm, I'm talking to myself, please don't live 2019 the exact same way you lived 2018 because you will not make adjustments. It might be something that you believe. It might be something that you've concluded. It might be something you're attached to. But God in his, in his presence is the place where you can let go. It's the place where you could let go. We need to commit this coming year to being more like Peter, more like Paul, that when confronted with the unexpected truth, they were able to make the adjustments and follow Christ. Make the adjustments and follow Christ. Please, if you hear me say anything else this morning, hear this. Do not come back to church next week unless you're anticipating making an adjustment in your life. That the word of God is sharper than two, any two-edged sword and it could divide bone and marrow and that its only purpose, its only intention in your life is to get in your heart, be transformed by the renewing of your mind and to make adjustments in your life. So, amen. When presented with the unexpected, they were able to make adjustments. For some in here today, your adjustment is letting go of your attachment to some things. Your adjustment, my adjustment, is letting go to some attachments to things. Because for some in here, you are so attached to bitterness, it is bringing you no fruit. Absolutely. You are, more, you are just as attached to resentment and anger and bitterness as this young man was attached to his wealth. And it's at this, it's when Jesus says, forgive them, that you go, I'd rather walk away sad today. It is, it is, it is at this that God is asking you to deal with. So for some of us, we're, we're holding on to and we're so attached to bitterness and anger and resentment and it actually feels better this way it actually feels better to resent that person who hurts you the most it's actually easier this way it actually feels better to resent them at this point but Jesus says this is not the way to eternal life that is not you're limiting your potential every time so imagine no longer being attached to that person. Imagine no longer being attached to that unforgiveness. Imagine no longer being attached to the mistakes you've made. See, some of you are holding on to guilt like it's the best thing that ever happened to you because of a mistake that you made years ago that God has already forgiven you and your accusers have already left. And, and you're convinced, you've believed, you've concluded, and you're attached to this guilt that dehabilitates you on a daily basis. And I'm, I'm asking you to consider letting that go. That's the past. God has forgiven you and you can move on.
I don't know who that's for. But God has forgiven you today and you can move on. For better or for worse, this is my closing statement. I read this in a book this year. For better or for worse, you are stuck with you. (laughs) You're stuck with yourself. You are the material that you have to work with. That's gonna be really awesome for some of you (laughs) and really not so awesome for others. The good news is this, that God is, is your creator and he formed you in the womb and he knows exactly what to do with you. He knows exactly what to do with the materials that he's used. So don't spend 2019 walking away sad, amen? Make the adjustment, make the adjustment. Come on, let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word today. God, give us strength. Empower us by your Holy Spirit to make some adjustments in our life. God, that you have so much planned for us, you have so much in store for us that if we would just make adjustments and follow you, we would see it. We would see it. Our lives would be different. Our families would be different. Our influence would be different. Our marriages would be different. Our jobs would be different. God, you could change everything if we would just let some things go. And we pray that your Holy Spirit would empower us to do that for this new year. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. Love you guys. See you next week.